Hey, excuse me. Hello, everyone. My name is Bill Darpino, and uh, I have been losing my voice uh, over the past 12 hours, so forgive me uh, if it gets a little weird on you, but I just am so glad you're here. I'm with the Creation Festival, and uh, I just wanted to introduce to you Brian Citron, who's a very good friend of mine, and he's going to be speaking to you today about wild expectance and some of the things that he's... Uh, Hey, some of the things he has to say, I just, I, I really believe will bless you. He's, he's coming out with a book, uh, over the next year. And, uh, he just, uh, he's lived his life, uh, just in such a faithful way and open way to what God has for him. And, uh, I've seen that walked out in his life and, uh, he's going to tell you a little bit about that, but I think in all of our lives, we need to just be open and uh, waiting on the Lord as we kind of move move through our lives and just uh, knowing that God always has something bigger and better for us, um, even though it doesn't feel that way all the time <clears throat> or we don't think it's it's out there in front of us, we can see it. The Lord is truly working in your life. He wants the best for you. And I think you're going to hear about some of that today as uh, Brian brings his message and the word. So, uh just want to welcome Brian Citron. Thanks so much for that generous introduction, Bill. I actually met um, Bill snowmobiling um, a couple years ago. We actually are roommates. It's it a pretty funny story. But um, this festival has made a, a big impact in my life. Um, and so I appreciate you guys. I appreciate this festival and, and everything that... Um, Bill has done to really put together a good festival because he's been involved with creation for decades. But um, before I get started, I'd like to pray. It's always important to pray. Um, every time I speak, I want to speak God's words, and I want to open up my session for God to do what he wants to do because I don't want it to be me speaking. I want it to be God speaking through me. Father God, I praise you and thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for stopping the rain. And I just ask that my words be your words. I invite your presence here. I invite your Holy Spirit here. Let my words be your words. Let what I speak be as if I'm an oracle of God and you're speaking through me, Lord. And I give you control over my message, over my thoughts I'm going to share. I have stuff that I plan on sharing, but if you wish for me to go another direction, I give this over to you. Thank you, God, for speaking to the people here today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Raise your hand if this is your first time at creation. That's awesome. There's a lot of first-timers. What are you guys thinking? You guys having a good time? We're having some great bands. It's awesome. Raise your hand if you've been here twice. Great. Welcome back. I know that it's been a while. I know COVID happened, and it's just been it's been a while since we've been able to be together. So it's good to see you again. Um, if you've been here three times, raise your hand. You got some veterans. Great. Four times. Five. Six. Seven. Ten. Wow. So some of you guys might actually already know who I am. And I'm going to share uh, my story in a little bit um, about how creation actually helped launch me into full-time missions. And so I'm going to be speaking about Wild Expectance. Has everyone seen the Wild Expectance banner in the vendor area? Did you see the banner? Has everybody gotten the book yet? I'm actually giving it out for free. And so afterwards, if you go up there, you can get this card and you scan the QR code. You can get the PDF for free. This is an advanced review copy. 
It doesn't come out till February, and when it comes out in February, I'm not releasing it on Kindle initially. So you're actually super special because even when it comes out, you can't even buy a Kindle version yet. Um, and so I want to encourage you guys to come up there afterwards and get the book for free. But living wild expectance means having an expectation that God is going to do incredible stuff in your life and that he's going to elevate you to highest levels of influence in your sphere and even above, up, and out of your sphere into other influences, whether it's being in the the marketplace or whether it's being in your schools in your work in education in entertainment etc like god needs people that can have really crazy expectations that god's going to move powerfully in your life and so god needs each and every one of us to be big thinkers and so that's what wild expectance means is having that crazy expectation that god's going to do something crazy for you and about my story I have a Bachelor of Science in Entrepreneurship. I graduated from Missouri State University, and it was always my desire to make a bunch of money and write checks and support missions, but I never actually wanted to go on the mission field and actually have to go forth onto the mission field. I just wanted to be the guy that made the money, wrote the checks, and didn't really have to do hard work on the grounds for the gospel. But I remember I was praying about what I should do my senior year in college. I was the president of the Entrepreneurship Association. I had just gotten done writing an 85-page business plan, which looked more like a doctoral thesis with my best friend. And I thought I was going to launch this thing. And I was praying, and God had a different route for me. I remember I was at church, and I was praying on my knees, praying in the Spirit about the direction of what I should go. And I really sensed that God wanted me to move to L.A. and be a missionary. God had brought to my remembrance a conversation that I had had over the summer from a mentor of mine. He's actually here, praise God. Um, my mentor Winston, he's back there in the black shirt. I'm giving him some love here because he changed my life. So, so I was praying and I really felt that God told me to go to LA and do an internship with him because he invited me to do an internship with him for a, a year and he's my brother's mentor so I knew him through my brother. But I didn't really know um, Pastor Winston. But the Lord brought that remembrance to me. And so sometimes when God speaks to us, he just brings to our remembrance a thought, and it just wouldn't go away, and it wouldn't go away, and it wouldn't go away. And seemingly throughout like my whole college career, I kept meeting people who knew this, knew this man, and they said good things about him. And then I'm about to graduate, and I just really sensed that God wanted me to do this, but it makes no sense. And so I called my brother, and I told him I had a problem. He said, what's that? I said, I think that God wants me to move out to one of the most expensive cities in the world and work for free. This is absolutely insane. I just spent four years, you know, getting good grades. You know, not the fact that, not that you need good grades to launch a business for an entrepreneurship major, but I tried, all right? I just got in debt, and now God wants me to forsake everything and go raise, raise money so I can move to L.A. I'm like, they're crazy out there. Why would I want to go out to Los Angeles and do that? And so I tell that to my brother, and he says, if God's calling you to do that, you need to go ahead and call um, Winston and let him know. And so I went ahead and called him. And he's like, Brian, you called me at the right time. And we fast forward a couple months and everything's official. I told him that it was on the bottom of my list for things to do, to go out to Los Angeles and do an internship with him. And he looks at me and he says, Brian, you weren't even on my list. He says, I don't remember offering you an internship. We've turned down tons of internships in the last year and a half. We've turned them all down, people who've asked us. But I was driving on a four or five highway about to go on a week-long fast. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and told me that I was going to get an unexpected phone call very soon. And pretty much the answer better be yes. And Brian, you called me within minutes. 
I'm here to tell you that God still speaks to people today. Do you believe that? God still speaks today. Raise your hand if you believe God speaks. God has an incredible plan for you. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. God wants you to live a life, a wild expectance that you're going to accomplish big, great, exciting things for his kingdom. And so I moved to L.A., and I start doing campus admissions with him. And through that journey, I've been to Vietnam six times, actually six times in one year in 2019. Um, we didn't go back because of COVID. And I've been to Haiti 27 times. And so if you guys have seen the Impactful Missions booth in the very back over there, um, so that's actually put on by alumni from our ministry at UCLA that actually started that. And, and so we've been to Haiti 27 times. Um, we have trees we're giving out if you guys sponsor a kid and send them to school. And so I encourage each and every person, if you're considering sponsoring a kid, we actually know these kids. We've been there. I've been there 27 times. Um, other people have been there even more than that. And so make sure you go back there and talk about that and maybe consider sponsoring a kid to go to school because we actually know these people. And, and so God has put me on a crazy, incredible journey. But it's because of my expectation that God was going to do amazing things. And now I'm in a new season. I just moved from Los Angeles to Oklahoma. And I mean, I was in LA for 12 years. And so like that was like a, a big stretch for me. Like I, I, I grew up in Missouri, so I understand the Midwest. But then leaving Los Angeles to go to Oklahoma, that was a big deal. I didn't want to necessarily leave. I mean, the weather was awesome. The food was awesome. It had awesome adventure sports rock climbing, snowboarding, a bunch of great stuff's happening. Why would I want to go to Oklahoma? But I knew that God was calling me to do that, and I had to be obedient. And so we moved our ministry team to Oklahoma, and we're based there. But if I wasn't obedient in doing something that didn't make sense, God wouldn't have done something even inc more incredible in my life and launched me into something new. I wrote the book Wild Expectance in Oklahoma. If I didn't leave where I was at, I couldn't get to where God wanted me to be at. Some of you here, maybe you're stuck someplace. Maybe you've been somewhere place for a while and you feel like God has called you to be there in that place, which is great. But life is about seasons, and we have to know what season we're in and be obedient to that season. And so I had a season in Los Angeles doing missions on the UCLA campus and then the USC campus, and now there's a season of me where I'm in Oklahoma and God having him write a book. I would have never written that book if I didn't leave. Just there's something about the clarity of being in Oklahoma and just it wasn't as crazy there, a lot more space. I know for a fact that I wouldn't have done it. And sometimes when you say yes, the enemy doesn't like that. Would you agree that the enemy doesn't like it when we step out and we're obedient? The enemy does not want us to be obedient. So I said yes to writing this book. I knew God wanted me to write a book. I had like 12 years of crazy stories. 12 years of crazy stories. But even before I get into that, um, I said that creation had meant a lot to me. You guys, wanna, you guys wanna hear my creation story? Okay. Who here has seen me before? Who here has ever purchased a lightsaber from creation? Raise your hand if you purchased a lightsaber years ago, maybe, or a glow stick. So years and years and years ago, this is a crazy story here. I want to tell you guys this. It's in the book. So God called me to move to L.A. and be a missionary. But the problem is I didn't have any money. And so I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to finance my mission work in Los Angeles? I have no money. 
and God literally is calling me to go out there, what am I going to do? And I had just recently started traveling the summer prior with a good friend of mine um, selling Christian t-shirts. And this good friend of mine has since become my best friend, and I have since helped start an organization with him um, that you guys have probably heard of, Save the Storks. And so I helped him start Save the Storks. But Save the Storks used to be a t-shirt, and we used to travel on a $3 meal budget you know, around the country selling Christian t-shirts, right? And so this is even before Save the Storks existed. I think it was just a t-shirt this time. And I'm trying to figure out how am I going to finance my mission work, right? And I'm going to a church service up in um, Branson. And I remember sitting there in a church service thinking about what am, what am I going to do? How am I going to finance going to, going to L.A.? I don't know anybody who's supporting me monthly. And all I had was $500 to my name. My uncle had donated me a check for $500. It might as well have been like, you know, $50,000. You know, I just graduated college, so it was a big deal. And I remember I'm sitting at this church service. And as I'm sitting at this church service, I'm looking around, and, and they announced at the church service that everything in the bookstore was free. So literally, like, you can go into the bookstore, and there might be like a DVD album of like 20 C series, uh, 20 DVDs of like sermons. And normally in other churches, they charge for that. It might be like 40 bucks for this. And I'm like, how can they give all this stuff away for free? And then on top of that, I learned that if you called this ministry, they would actually mail you that stuff anywhere in the world, and they would pay the shipping. And I'm thinking, this business model doesn't work. I was a business major. You know, you can't, like, give stuff out for free and for it to be sustainable. How, how does that work, right? And I'm sitting there thinking, how is this possible? And it was good stuff. The pastor used to teach at the Bible school. So it was like really, really good, you know, series on like the Word of God. And the Spirit of God spoke to me so clearly in that moment. It wasn't audible, but it was a very clear thought. Sometimes God can speak to us in our thoughts. And it was, give me that check. That's how. Give me that check. That's how. And I'm thinking, I can't give you that, God. That's my baby. You know, all I have is $500 in my name. I can't give you this $5 check. That's all I got. And this thought came to my mind. That's all I want. All God wants is all you have. But if you give him all you have, he's going to give you what he has for you to accomplish your purpose. And so I remember I went into the bathroom, and I'm like scared. I'm worried. I'm concerned. I'm like, what am I going to do? My ministry is bankrupt before it's even started. Before it's even started, I'm, it's bankrupt. It might as well have been $50,000. This is all I have, Lord. And you want me to give my little, my check to this church? I'm like, this is a huge church. They don't need my check. And they need to give me a check. <laughs> and, and so I remember I, I go to the bathroom. I'm splashing water on my face. And I go back and I sit down. And I'm seeing the offering bucket come around. And I'm thinking, I'm looking over my friend's parents who I came there with. And I'm thinking, well, maybe they're going to give money in the offering too. Let me see if God spoke to them also. Nothing. And it just passes to me. And I'm like, it's do or die here. Am I going to be obedient to God? Am I going to be obedient to what he says I need to do? Or am I going to not be obedient? It's very, very clear that God is telling me to do this. And I remembered in my business class that if I, if I sign the back of a check, I can write it over to the organization. And so I signed the back of the check. And at that moment, I feel like every possible thought of the enemy is coming against me. The enemy's telling me that my uncle's going to find out that I gave the check away to the church. And he's not even a Christian. He's, he's Jewish. All my dad's side is Jewish. So like my Jewish uncle that hates everything that's evangelistic is going to find out that I gave his check away and he's never going to give me a penny ever again. 
and then so all, and then the negative thoughts of you're gonna you're not gonna survive out in Los Angeles as a missionary, and all these negative thoughts. So when you say yes to God, expect the negative thoughts to come at you that are trying to stop you from doing what God's already asked you to do. But sometimes He won't ask us twice. You know, sometimes God tells us to do stuff, and then you're like, well, God, if it's you, well, tell me again. If it's you, have three red trucks drive by and a and a peacock come up out of there. Okay, if it's you, have, you know, it to rain and then not rain, and then snow in the middle of summer. And we put all these barriers, but the Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. In Romans 8, it says those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We're called to be led by God. And the word, the original Greek for the word led is almost like an animal led by a string or a rope. I've been to Haiti many times. And in, in all my times going to Haiti, literally the Haitians, they would take a goat and they would, would walk them over to a place where they could eat and they would put the peg in the ground and then the goat would eat around the area. And then later they would pick it up again and they'd take the goat over to get water and they'd put the peg in the ground and then they would keep doing that. What, what if the goat decided not to move? You know, literally... The Haitians trying to take the goat to get water, but if the goat refuses to move, the goat's eventually going to die of thirst. Now, I know this isn't the best example because eventually that Haitian's going to eat that goat. But our God is not like the Haitian shepherd. Our God is the good shepherd. And you can trust him. You can trust his voice. You can trust his leading. But sometimes, you know, God's trying to lead us and we don't want to move. And we're just content to where we're at. And I want to encourage you guys, I want to challenge you guys that, that God wants to lead you, but sometimes it's, it's not, sometimes it's so faint it's hard to hear. But you have to be willing to hear the still small voice. Now God speaks through a variety of ways. Sometimes he speaks, you know, through thoughts. You know, the, clearly the most obvious way that God speaks to us is through his scripture, through his word. And so you open the Bible, you read the Bible. That's why it's important that we read the word every single day that we can get scripture inside of us because if you have a thought that doesn't match up with scripture, you immediately know it's not God's thought. That's why it's crucial, especially for being a young person, to read the word of God, to read the Bible every single day. It's crucial because you want to get that in you. So when, when you're trying to learn God's voice, you're immediately going to discern, you know, is it God or not? It's, it's pretty obvious that's not God if you have this idea to steal something from the vendor tent. Very obvious it's not God. It's very obvious that's not God if you have, you know, you, you, you're tempted to lie to your friend. You know, it's very obvious it's not God if your friends want you to go out and party and get drunk. You know, there's things in the Bible that tells us not to do. It's very, very clear. And so it's important that we read the scriptures that we know what God wants and know what God loves. But on top of that, though, there's things that aren't so clear. Like, who am I going to marry? Where am I going to work? Where am I going to go to college at? Where am I going to live? There's lots of things that aren't in the Bible, but we need to hear from God specifically on what to do. And in that, I want to challenge you guys that we can have a wild expectance in our life that God is going to guide us and God is going to speak to us. And I'm not just saying it's going to be audible because I've never heard the audible voice of God. But God speaks through pastors. He speaks through your friends. He can speak through a television commercial or some random stuff. He can speak through advertising. He can speak through faint thoughts. He can bring things to your remembrance. And as you learn to hear God's voice, and as you're obedient 
in what God says, and you step out into that, then you get more familiar with how God sounds like. And if you step out into something and, and you're wrong, great. Now you know what God doesn't sound like. You know, archive that experience. You know, if your mom calls you on the phone, you know what she sounds like, right? But can you explain to me what she sounds like? Probably not, but you know you recognize her voice. You know, Scripture says, you know, Jesus said that my sheep, you know my voice, and strangely they will not listen. We're, sh we're, we're God's sheep. And as we pursue God, we will begin to learn his voice. And, and God, when he speaks, I like to use the word more like communicates. Because when we think, you know, God's speaking, we think audibly. But really, you know, I think audibly speaking isn't as effective of a way of communicating as instantly knowing something or a thought or a picture. You know, God can communicate in a variety of ways. And I want to encourage you guys to have an expectation in your life that God is going to speak with you, that God is going to speak to you. The Bible says that when you become a believer, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you. Jesus said that he's going to send another helper that's going to be with you and guide you, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us as believers to guide us, to direct us, to give us peace, to give us joy, um, and to direct us into where we should go. Back to my story about the check. I'm looking over at my friend, and him and his wife do not give anything to offering. It comes to me. I sign the back of the check. I put it in there, and I'm like, all right, God, I trust you. I had started a vending business when I was 14 years old, and I was looking to sell a business. I get a call the next day from somebody who wants to actually buy that business, praise God. So that's the first miracle was that somebody actually bought the business. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was a big deal to me. But then I knew I was getting ready to tour Christian rock festivals. And I was thinking, well, maybe I can pick up monthly donors at these rock festivals. But the year prior, I was actually selling glow sticks. I was like, just maybe, just maybe Creation Music Festival will graciously allow me to sell glow sticks at their festival. And I went and I told my, my friend that I was believing that God was going to allow me to sell glow sticks at, the, at this festival. And um, he laughs in my face. And, and he said that was the most ridiculous thing he's ever heard. Not because Creation Music Festival is mean and won't let people sell glow sticks. It's because you have to sign up like months and months and months in advance regarding what you're going to sell there. Um, and they want to make sure it's fair for everybody. And so if somebody else is selling glow sticks, then you can't sell because it competes with them. And because it's a very expensive festival to put on and they rely on donations, to, to put this festival on, as well as ticket sales, that, that historically they've sold glow sticks to help um, cover operating costs, to help put on the event. And so if the festival is selling glow sticks to cover operating costs, there's no way they're going to allow me to sell glow sticks and compete with them. Right? It literally says it on the vendor agreement. If you sell glow sticks, we'll kick you out. And so my friend's laughing at me and saying how insane that is. And I said, no, I, believe, I really believe that God is going to allow me to sell glow sticks at this festival. You know, and so I had this crazy, wild, expectant faith. It might not sound crazy to you guys, but for me, that moment, I'm 22, I'm broke, I just gave my check for $500, and I have thousands of glow sticks I can't sell that, you know, I'm hoping to get money to, to finance my missions. It was a big deal. And so we get to the festival, and thankfully, a friend of mine from a different festival saw how good I was at hustling glow sticks. 
and he knew that I was like the kingpin of, of glow stick hustling. And, uh, and so him and, and my buddy Joe that, that started, I started Storks with, we kind of pushed to talk to the main person in charge of all like the vendor operations to get me a meeting with him. And um, it seemed impossible. Then finally he's walking by the vending tent and I look to him and I'm like, hey, you know, I got these glow sticks. You want to talk to me about glow sticks? And he's like, where are they at? And I'm like, they're in the trailer. And he looks at me and he says, and they better stay there. You understand? Because, you know, he understands that you know, the glow sticks can't be sold here. And I'm thinking to myself, what just happened? I thought you wanted to talk to me. And I learned that that actually wasn't the, um, the head of the festival. That that was actually somebody in charge of security who's in charge of making sure that creation doesn't get taken advantage of. So he's just doing his job. But I thought that my dream of selling glow sticks was crushed. But then finally, you know, I was able to go down there and meet with him. And not only did he get, let me sell glow sticks, but he, he allowed me to sell glow sticks and pay him less than the other vendors had to pay in terms of the percentage of sales. And on top of that, he's like, oh, yeah, and you can buy our existing inventory cost. And literally, like, it was a crazy thing for me, but it was important to me that creation let me sell glow sticks. And that pretty much helped finance my first year missions and set the stage to help financing my missions. So people can make fun of me for selling glow sticks, but I was laughing all the way to the bank. And, uh, and eventually, we started selling lightsabers. And so, so if you guys ever bought a glow stick in the past or like a lightsaber, you know, that helps support me um, in my mission work that I've been doing. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for that. And I appreciate the graciousness of creation to allow me to, to sell these, these, uh, these light products to help finance my first year missions. It was absolutely uh, an important part of my story and really helped launch me into um, what I was going to be doing for a year. And, and that helped set the stage for giving me the money to survive for a year. But now, um, I'm in a new season. I'm in Oklahoma. And I really felt that God wanted me to write a book. And I've never written a book before. Has anyone else here written a book? If you've written a book, you know how hard it is. Um, I've never written one before. But I was at a marketing conference, and I had started a business a couple years prior to uh, help finance my mission work. And I was at this marketing conference, and I sat next to a person that had a class on writing books. And I said, you know, I'm going to give this a shot. You know, I've always wanted to write a book. He has this, this book writing class. I'm going to take it. And within three weeks of me writing this book that I knew that God wanted me to write, within three weeks of it, okay, my dad dies. And on top of that, I said I started a business. With, within 24 hours of my dad dying, my employee attempts like a hostile takeover of my business. Literally like he, he PayPal's himself, you know, over $40,000 at three in the morning, thinking that I'm warning my father. And then maxes out my credit cards and does like all these crazy horrible things. Literally within 24 hours of my dad dying. I felt like Job. And I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to be obedient. You know, I moved here to Oklahoma. I'm writing this book. And like within three weeks, my dad dies and this guy tries to destroy my entire life and is like slandering my name and doing all these horrible things. What would you guys have done in that situation? Like literally, I had to contact the FBI. It was that serious, right? And like all these horrible things were happening to me. Um, most people in that scenario would probably stop writing the book. Would you agree? You know, like, well, we got we to gotta work on getting our business up and running better. We got to fix all these things. I had every reason to stop writing this book. But God spoke to me. And I'm here to say that when God speaks to you, and it wasn't audible, it was just inner knowing that I need to write this book. And so when God speaks to you, and he gives you an idea, gives you a God idea, the enemy is not going to be happy. 
the enemy is going to do what he can to stop you. I believe that this employee that worked for me was a was provoked by the enemy to try to destroy me, to try to destroy the finances of what I was generating to, to help support the kids in Haiti that we talk about there in the back of the room, as well as the finances necessary to launch this book and try to, try to stop it because it's important. The enemy's not happy when we say yes. But here's the good news. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. As scriptures says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We just got to stay strong and keep fighting. We got to stay strong and not allow what happens to us to affect how we follow God. Many people in that situation, maybe they would have got angry. Maybe they would have got offended to God and said, God, you know, I came out here, I was obedient, and you killed my dad of cancer, and then you, you, you ruined my business. That's not what happened. You know, we live in a fallen world where bad things happen. My dad smoked for 40 years. God did not kill my dad. If anything, God gave my dad two extra years. You know, the doctors said that, you know, they were surprised how long he did live. It's not that God killed my dad. It's that God gave me more time with my dad. It wasn't God's desire for this guy to try to, to hurt my business and hurt my ministry and steal from me. That wasn't God's desire. But enemy used him to try to attack me but I didn't give up I didn't give up I kept fighting I said I believe that God wants me to write this book I believe that God wants me to write a book full of dynamic God stories about my life in the missions and in the business and how people can live a wild expectant lifestyle and they can have an expectance that God does insanely amazing incredible things in their life like I believe that God will do crazy, amazing things in your life if you believe it. You know, God needs us to believe and have a faith that we can be used in incredible ways. But we have to have the faith and step into that. I had this crazy faith that God wanted me to write this book, so I did. On top of that, I said, you know, I believe that I could have anybody in the world give me a book endorsement. Anybody. But I'm like, God, who do you want to endorse this book? And as I was praying, I felt that I should get Hobby Lobby to endorse the book. Has anybody ever heard of Hobby Lobby? Raise your hand if you heard of Hobby Lobby. So Hobby Lobby is an amazing organization. Literally half their profits go back to evangelical missions. They're absolutely incredible, in case you guys didn't know that. Um, and so I believed that I could somehow get Hobby Lobby to give me a book endorsement. I didn't even know anybody at Hobby Lobby. But through my wild expectance and believing that, that God could do that, God open up an opportunity for an introduction for me to meet with not just once but multiple times with the president of Hobby Lobby and he gave me a book endorsement that that's God so the president of Hobby Lobby gave me a book endorsement and on top of that that wouldn't have happened though unless I was in Oklahoma God was asking me to go to Oklahoma and I'm like I don't know how I'm supposed to be here well, one of the reasons he wanted me to be in Oklahoma was because Hobby Lobby is based in Oklahoma. And, and because of that, I was able to meet up with the president multiple times, and he liked my book, and he gave me an endorsement on the book. That's God. It wasn't because I'm so awesome. It's because I was obedient, and I kept writing the book even though the enemy was attacking me. On top of that, um, I was 35 years old and single. You know, So for those of you who are single in here, um, I can relate to you. I was 35 years old and single. Um, because I was living a crazy, wild lifestyle of following God. 
and I knew that I can't be with the wrong person. I know that my mom had married a non-believer. Um, my mom married a non-believing Jewish man that thankfully before he died, about five years before he died, he became a Christian. But the majority of his life, he wasn't a Christian, he wasn't serving God, and he's very antagonistic to the gospel. And I knew, and I saw the difficulty that my mom had to face. And because of that, I'm like, I'm not going to marry somebody that's going to derail my calling. You, know, we have, you have to marry somebody that's equally yoked, that's on the same page spiritually. Um, so for those of you in here that maybe you're in a relationship with someone who's not a Christian, I'm telling you, you need to cut it off. Missionary dating does not work. Missionary dating does not work. I'd rather be in a relationship with the right person than the wrong person. And we can, we can have feelings for people. I know this isn't part of my, my talk, but I just thought I should share that. We can have feelings for people because we're around them, but just because we have feelings doesn't make that God. Our emotions aren't necessarily God. If we hung out with our emotions, like, like if our friends were as negative as our emotions, we wouldn't hang out with them. And so sometimes our, our emotions can beat us up or sometimes you know we can fall in love with the wrong person. And so I didn't want that I don't want anybody to derail my calling, but I wrote this book, I was 35 and single, and my cousin's best friend who I asked to, to help read the book for female appeal, because women read books at an 8 to 1 ratio, by the way, um, so I wanted to have female appeal, and she started reading the book, and she actually fell in love with me, and I fell in love with her, and, and uh, so I found the love of my life through writing this book, and the Lord tricked us. Because like I wasn't dating anybody and she wasn't dating anybody and God God tricked us he, like backdoored it through the book, you know. And so the secret is this: if you're single and you want to get in a relationship, just write a book and be brutally honest, <laughs> and you will attract people just like you. Um, and so I didn't give up because I didn't give up because I had this wild expectance that God was going to do something incredible, you know, for this book. I got Steve Green, the president of Hobby Lobby, to give me endorsement. But on top of that, because I didn't give up, I met the love of my life. What if I didn't move to Oklahoma? What if I didn't write the book? What if I let those attacks from the enemy prevent me from like finishing the book? On top of that, I, I said all my dad's side was Jewish, and so my dad's mother was a, a new age um, Jewish woman who's 99 years old, right? And so when I say new age, she's very, very well read, and she's read tons of crazy books. Um, with crazy beliefs, she actually moved to India at one point to study under a guru and like wore orange. Totally insane, right? And so that's my grandma, and she's on hospice right now, and she's had a friend come over and read her the book. And she, she will tell you what she believes. Like she's, she'll be cynical. If she thinks something needs to be criticized, she will criticize it. She has no problem telling me there's something wrong with the book. Actually, she did tell me there was something wrong with the book as, as I was writing it. She's like, stop preaching in the book. She's like, just tell you what happened. And I'm like, Grandma, I'm going to preach the book because it's important. But so this woman was reading my grandma the book, right? And it impacted my grandma so much that she said to my uncle, I think that Jesus might be the only way now. Like, I didn't expect my obedience and having this wild expectance on this book was going to cause my grandma to say she thinks Jesus is the only way. On top of that, the woman who read her the book was so inspired that she talks to my uncle and says, hey, I want to give Brian a, a diamond. And so literally, I'm in this relationship, and I'm like, okay, I don't have money for a ring. And like, I literally just got a photo this afternoon from a diamond, like 2.1 carat diamond, that this woman who read the book, who I've never met before, was so inspired from the book. And so 
That's wild expectance. And each and every one of us need to live with wild expectance in your life every single day. To have a crazy expectation that God's going to speak to you. The voice of God sometimes can come as a sudden awareness followed by unique conviction. I want to share that again because that's a really deep thought. In case you didn't hear that. The voice of God can come as a sudden awareness followed by a unique conviction. And so sometimes the voice of God can be like a faint, fleeting thought. So faint that you miss it. And so I want you guys to remember that because maybe when you're going out your entire day, God might give you a crazy thought that's so insane that you think it's impossible. But maybe that impossible, crazy thought is a God idea. Maybe God's giving you a crazy God idea for a business to launch. Maybe he's giving you a crazy God idea of transferring schools. Maybe he's telling you which major you should be in. Maybe he's telling you where you should work. But have an expectation that God's going to guide you and speak to you every single day. Every single day God wants to guide us and speak to us. But we have to be aware and actually believe that. You know, I saw one speaker once said that God will give each of us at least an average of four ideas a year. That if we acted on these ideas, it would change our lives forever. Four ideas a year. So I'm here to say to you, what ideas has God been giving you? What ideas is he giving you this weekend? I believe he's going to give you ideas. I know he's going to give you ideas because God is looking for people that can hear his voice and will do what he says. God is looking for people that will hear his voice and do what he says. And it's, it doesn't have to be super difficult. It's a process. It's a learning process. I'm still learning. Um, another minister I know once said that the answer to a thousand questions is be led. In the book of James, it asks us to ask for wisdom. If you don't know something, ask for wisdom. God wants to give us wisdom. God wants to guide us. God wants to direct us. But we have to be willing to actually believe that. And then when he does give us direction, step out. And if it's God, praise the Lord. Document that experience. So when it happens next time, you remember it. You remember that's God speaking. But if it's not God, great, praise God. Now you know what God doesn't sound like. So remember that for next time. I'd rather step out and miss it than not step out and uh, miss what God wants to say. I got one more story I want to share, if that's okay. Do you guys want to hear one more story? So I've been ministering on the uh, University of Oklahoma, um, Central, University of Central Oklahoma in Edmond, and I was preaching earlier this year, and I was preaching on shifting um, atmospheres. I was saying that when we go into an atmosphere, it's our expectation, it should be our expectation to shift that atmosphere towards the kingdom of God. Either the atmosphere is going to shift you, or you're going to shift it. I've heard it said that we're an average of our five closest friends, right? And so if you're in the wrong environment, it's going to affect you. But what if we can go into an environment and shift it towards the gospel? Everybody that was around Jesus became more like Jesus. So everybody who's around us should be more like Jesus as well. And so I was sharing that. And when I, when I sat down and I was talking about how Jesus went around and did miracles, I believe, full transparency, I believe God does miracles today still. Full transparency. I do believe that. And so... I was talking about how Jesus went around doing miracles and how we can have an expectation in our life that we can pray for people and they get healed and God does miracles as well because the Bible says so. And I believe scripture. 
the end of Mark, it says that. And it says, so I sit down, and I have this faint thought. It's so faint, it's fleeting. I almost missed it. And there was this idea that God wanted to heal someone with back pain, like right here. And I was so uncertain that I turned to my friend and said, I think that God might want to heal somebody with back pain in this, in this congregation, in this service. And he turned to his wife, and he, and he tells her, I, you know, so we're all not sure. So even if you're up here on stage and you're preaching, you know, we're all learning. I didn't know. It was so faint. I turned to my friend who's a missionary. He turns to his wife who's a missionary. And he's like, okay, go up and, and, and say it. But I still didn't know. And so I get up in front of, front of the, the, uh, the group of students, and I say, I think that God wants to heal somebody with back pain right now. If that's you, raise your hand. Um, this may or may not be God. I think it is. But I'd rather step out um, and take the risk. And if it's not God, my bad. And I was just straight up honest, you know. And somebody raised their hand that that was their first time attending that, that service. Praise God. The Lord didn't leave me hanging. Someone had back pain. Praise God. <laughs> And, uh, and so I'm like, all right, everybody around him, you know, lay hands on him. Let's pray for him to be healed. And so we lay, lay hands on him, and I say, how does it feel? And he's like, it feels the same. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know what? Jesus prayed twice. There's a story when Jesus prayed for a blind man, and after Jesus got done praying, he's like, can you see? And the blind man's like, no. It's as, men of, it's, it's as if I see men as, men as trees walking, is what the man said. And so then Jesus prayed a second time, and then he got healed. And so I'm like, well, Jesus prayed twice, and he's Jesus. So I'm going to pray twice. And it turns out that he got injured in, he got injured in um, high school um, doing, a, doing a sport. And, and because of that, like, outside of physical therapy, he hadn't been able to touch his toes in a couple of years. Um, outside of whenever he would go through physical therapy. And he hadn't been there, there in like a month. And so I asked him to go into the center aisle and, uh, you know, we prayed for him again, and I said, touch toes. And he bends down, he touches toes. He bends down, touches the floor. He bends down, touches the floor. He starts, like, freaking out, and everyone else starts freaking out. Praise God. And, and, then, and then so we open up for prayer for other people, and there was someone else in the back of the room that never even knew that could even happen today, and he's like, what just happened? Uh, and I just met that guy earlier that, that, that day, invited him, and he's kind of like, what just happened here? Because he never even knew that could happen. Um, but the Lord didn't leave me hanging and then and moved a miracle in that guy's life. But on top of that, on top of that, I'm meeting with another student later that week, and he says, Brian, you don't understand. He's like, I went to high school with that kid. This was his first time to come to the service, that service. I've never met the kid we prayed for before, before that night. Okay, I didn't know him. But, he, but the student I'm meeting with said, I went to high school with him. Everybody knows that he couldn't touch his toes. This is a common thing. Like, everyone knows he got injured. He's like, I knew he couldn't touch his toes in multiple years. He says, if that happened to anybody else, I'd be skeptical. But it was him? He's like, and I know that dude's cynical. You know, I know that, that if this dude's not better, he'll tell you. He's like, so I went home. I told my mom. I'm like, mom, this happened. This student got healed. You know, I knew him from high school, yada, yada, yada. And his mom's like, yeah, that happens sometimes. And, and, and he's like, well, I have this for the rest of my life. I know that God did this miracle. So if I ever doubt this faith thing, I have that. And I want to tell you guys that this faith thing is real. And that God wants to do a miracle in your life. And he wants to move in your life. And don't be afraid to step out and pray for people. Don't be afraid to have God speak to you. Don't be afraid to, to step out and have a crazy, wild expectance for God to do miracles. Um, 
I'm now going to open it up for questions because um, they said that we can have Q&A. And so if anybody has any questions, I'd like to answer for you. Do I still sing? I never actually sung. I, uh, I traveled with a, a, a vendor. We were selling Christian shirts. I'm going to come over here so you guys can hear a question. Did that ever resolve with your employee? I'm in the middle of it. In the middle of uh, dealing with that. So be praying for me, please. Uh, questions? Right over here. The book's called Wild Expectance. Who wants to copy the book? Raise your hand if you want to copy the book. Does anybody have your phone on you? Take out your phone. I want to show you this really cool trick that I that I created. So everybody, pull up your phone here. I'm gonna wait a moment so everybody can unlock it and stuff. Put this number into your phone right now. If you want a free copy of the book, I'm gonna give it to you right now. Put in four zero five. I'm gonna wait for her. She's unlocking. Yeah, you're, you're gonna text. You're gonna text this. It's four zero five seven eight four seven three zero three. Once again, you're going to text four zero five seven eight four seven three zero three, and you're gonna text book. So text book to that, and you're gonna get a link automatically. You're gonna fill out that link, and you're gonna get it for free. No problem. And so make sure you all do that. And then if for whatever reason um, you didn't do that, if you come to my booth in the back there, I can give you a card that has a QR code on it. Perfect. Any other other questions? Even in the back. If you have questions in the back, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it. Right over here. That is a great question. She asked, do you ever have times when God is silent and you have trouble hearing from God? What do you do? That is an excellent question. In moments of silence, you know, one of the things that I do is, you know, I spend time in fasting. I know that the body of Christ doesn't like to fast because we love eating. Um, but there's something powerful that happens when you fast. Jesus fasted, um, for example. The Bible tells us to fast. And it doesn't say, it doesn't say if you should fast, it says when you should fast. And so one of the things that I do whenever maybe I can't hear from God or it's not as clear as I, you know, get away and maybe I'll fast. If you never fasted before, you know, maybe take 24 hours out, um, maybe 48 hours, maybe 72 hours, maybe a week. You know, pray and the Lord will kind of you know, let you know and just spend time in prayer and, and expectation that he's going to guide you. And if he's still quiet... Maybe he told you to do something already, and you just need to keep doing what he told you to do. Um, maybe we know what we need to do, but we just kind of don't want to do what we know to do. We just got to keep doing it. And and I, I like the, the red light, green light process where, like, light's already always green. Just go. And as you go, God can guide you. It's hard to move a parked car and just kind of do what's before you. 
and then God can direct you and guide you to the left or to the right. Um, does that help? And then the book also has some spiritual principles on helping increase sensitivity to the voice of God. Specifically, chapter 10 in the book. Um, I think that's the most powerful chapter in the book. Um, either you'll love it or you'll hate it. Um, if you hate it, it's not out yet. And so you can email me and let me know why it's bad, and then I can fix it. But uh, I do think it's a really, really good chapter. I put more work in chapter 10 than any other chapter. Um, it's ca called Unlocking the Power of the Holy Spirit. Any other questions? We'd love to answer some more questions. We've got some more time, so we'd love to love to give you guys some more time. Um, which one's my favorite? My favorite chapter is the chapter that um, this woman fell in love with me with. So that, that's my favorite chapter. And so that's chapter 12 and 13. And it's the time when MC Hammer drove me home after the American Music Awards. It happened. He's got done closing out the show with Psy, you know, from Gangnam Style, in front of tens of millions of people. And the Lord had him drive me home. And you say, how'd that happen? That sounds insane. It is insane. Um, and I write two chapters about it. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about wild expectance. You know, I was donated a VIP ticket to the American Music Awards. And I had faith that somehow I was going to meet MC Hammer. And somehow I got into the after party. And somehow I got into the VIP section of the after party. And somehow I convinced him to drive me home because I'm right left. It was crazy. 20 things had to happen. But what happened after he drove, took me home was even more important. And so make sure you read chapter 10, 12, and 13 at least, you know, if you're not avid readers. We have uh, eight more minutes, and so I'd love to answer some more questions for Q&A. Anything you guys want, um, ask me, and I'd love to answer for you. In terms of, so, the, so, in terms of whether they should be a Christian or something else. Um, first off, well, you could give them my book, for example, and, and here's why. Here's why I'm saying that. Uh, uh, um, the reason why I'm saying that is I actually wanted people to read the book to open their eyes to things of God, and so I wanted to be a perspective where. Literally, a non-Christian could read the book, and when they get done reading it, they are a believer. And actually, in the middle of the book, there's an opportunity to accept Christ, like in chapter 9. So I kind of trick people. You know, halfway into it, it's like there's like an altar call. You know, usually it's at the end of the book, but I did it in the middle in case people don't finish it. Um, but I think sharing, sharing testimonies, you know, the Bible says they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. You can just share stories of what God's been doing in your life. You know, I mean share stories and continue to share stories and be praying for them. I mean, it's, it's difficult. We all have friends and, or even family members who aren't believers, but don't give up. My, um, my dad didn't become a believer until five years before he, or six years before he died. Um, and so I hope that's not the case for, for your friend, but just don't give up. Um, just keep inviting him to service. Just keep inviting him to stuff. You know, I know that my brother, he, um, he's always been a believer, but someone kept inviting him to church whenever he's in college, to, to a, a campus ministry. And it wasn't even until his last month in college that he finally went to this ministry with, uh, with a friend who invited him. And because of that, um, it radically transformed his life. And because of that, he got me involved in that ministry. And because of that, I became a missionary because somebody didn't stop inviting the church. And so don't give up. 
That's what I can. Is that helpful? Great. Way back there. I'm going to come up there so we can hear you. to God? The question was, what age did I connect to God? That's a great question. So, as long as I can remember, I was a believer, but it was when I was like an early teen that I had a youth pastor who was really on fire for God that really um, stirred in me a fire to serve God. Now I'm over here. Any other questions over here on the side? Anybody? Sure. She doesn't want to be put on the spot, but um, she was asking, how do you really know if God's talking to you? That's a great question. How do you know if God's talking to you? Well, first off, it has to match the scripture, number one. And then if it matches scripture, I would say, you have a piece about it? Maybe it keeps coming back um, because maybe this thought comes out of nowhere. As I said, the voice of God can sometimes come as a sudden awareness followed by unique conviction. So, for example, you're thinking, I'm hungry, I'm going to get some Taco Bell, I'm going to walk down the street, and suddenly you're thinking of your friend Ben in three states over. Why are you thinking about Ben? You're thinking about Taco Bell. And now Ben popped in your mind. Well, maybe God's talking to you to pray for Ben or, or reach out to Ben. Um, and so that's, that's one way to know. And then through trial and error. You know, having expectation that he's going to speak to you and having faith to step out and do what he says. And then if it's, you're wrong, you know what he doesn't sound like. And just keep, you know, documenting those experiences. And then from there, as you get older, you'll learn to hear from him more and more and more. Has, has this session been helpful, guys? I know I went a little different direction than I necessarily thought I was going to go, um, but I wanted to be obedient to God, what he was saying. So, how do you discern, right? So, like, you mentioned that the Lord spoke to you to do something, but then opposition comes, right? How do you discern that that opposition is not like, oh, well, maybe I heard wrong versus it's opposition, so I need to push through? That's a great question. So, first off, I knew I was doing a great thing. Like, I know it's a good thing to share what God's been doing in my life and document the many stories. And he's been dealing with me to write a book for many years, actually. So it wasn't like, oh, I thought to hear write a book. And then it was like literally multiple times. I remember I was at a church service in California during worship. And God, it was very clear that I felt like God wanted me to start, like, writing down God's stories. And so I kept trying to write a book, and I was writing on God's stories, and then God literally put me right next to the guy that has the book writing class at this conference. And like he like lined everything up, and I've been trying to do this thing. And so it, was, it wasn't like a one-off idea. He kept like trying to push me into it, if that makes sense. you are being obedient and you must push through yeah sometimes when you get attacked it is it's not always confirmation because we can make bad choices all the time 
Like we can make bad choices and be like, I just made a bad choice and because this bad things happened to me. And so opposition isn't always confirmation, but, but sometimes it is. You know, in my case, it absolutely was, you know, confirmation. You know, I knew I was supposed to do this. And the enemy definitely doesn't want people to live the wild expectant in their life. He doesn't want people to, to think bigger. And, um, and the exciting thing about, about wild expectance is God loves to use little people that don't have connections that, that aren't famous because it brings God more glory, you know. And so you don't have to be on stage or be speaking or be a, a famous music artist to be used by God. Like, God loves to use people who, who are not known. I mean, look at David. You know, he was, you know, whenever the prophet came to anoint the kings, they didn't even go to David because he's with the sheep. But yet, that's who God chose. And so, like, for me, like, I didn't come from a ministry background. I was the first person in my family to ever enter into missions. I don't know anybody that, that in my family that wrote, like, a legit, legit full-length book um, the way that I did, specifically. And I didn't know anybody became like a missionary, like the way that I did, like full time. And I didn't have all the relationships. My dad wasn't a megachurch pastor, but yet, in light of all that, God used me to open up doors and opportunities. And even, and even the, the Hobby Lobby thing, I didn't know them. You know, that was that was straight up faith. Um, and so I want to encourage you guys, regardless of your, you know, the connections. Don't say I can't do it because I don't have the connections. I think that if you don't have the connections, you're actually better equipped. You just have to have faith. And learn to hear from God and, and, and have Him give you a vision and then pursue that vision. Um, we got time for one more question because it's 2.59. So, one more question. And then I'll also be in my booth if you guys want to come talk to me. Right over here. Sure. Sure. The voice of God can come as a sudden awareness followed by a unique conviction I'd like to pray for you guys if that's okay um, if you guys would like uh, prayer um, for greater sensitivity um, we're all believers here or, or maybe, maybe not uh, if, if you're not actually let's do it this way here I want to give people an opportunity to give life to Jesus I know that there may be people who are not yet Christians, and so I'd like to ask everybody just to close your eyes real quick. And if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to become a Christian and say, I want to follow Jesus, I want to accept Jesus as the only way to, for salvation, and you want to accept him in your heart, if that's you, um, just raise your hand real quick. And I have a second, a second call as well. If you said, hey, Brian... This message is for me. I want to hear from God in a greater way, and I want to live the wild expectance. If that's you, raise your hand. If you want to have a, a wild expectance in your life, and you want God to do greater things. I'm seeing hands all over the place. Praise God. Wait one more moment. All right. Let's all pray together, and I'll release you guys. All right? Father God, everybody can repeat after me. Father God, I accept your son, Jesus Christ. As my Lord and Savior, I repent for any sins I've ever committed, known or unknown. Um, thank you for saving me. And now I ask that you give me a wild expectance, that you give me great ideas, God ideas, 
and that you give me the means to fulfill those ideas. Be with me. Guide me. Heal me. Give me joy. Give me peace. I receive these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for coming out.